Good evening. You're listening to Skip Intro with me, Kelvin Yee. In the studios with me is Ian McNally and Arvin Yuvaraj. Today, we are talking about the Terminator franchise. Ian, you know, there's, there's a lot of them. Yeah. Where do we start? No fear. It will have only one purpose. To return to the present and prevent the future. Well, as you know, Kelvin, on August 29th, 1997, uh, three billion people died in nuclear fire thanks to the uh, machinations of the AI Skynet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. <laughs> that's your yeah. reaction. It sounds um, very That's historical. where we're kicking off. Okay. Yeah, that's where we're kicking off. Yeah. Well, you see, that, that didn't happen thanks to our saviour, John Connor, and his mother, Sarah Connor. Sarah Connor, yeah. 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 Uh, so this all comes from the original Terminator movie from 1984, which, if you haven't seen it, 1984 is a long time ago now, mm-hmm. but it is still a great early James Cameron kind of grody horror movie mm-hmm. in that this pampered poodle woman in the kind of, I think it's in the valley in LA, you know, she's just like living her life, having a great time when two guys turn up, one trying to kill her, one looks like a psychopath, <laughs> but is telling her that he needs to come with her if she wants, she needs to come with him if she wants, wants to, to live. live yeah. yeah, You'll hear that line again later. And it just sets up this great idea, you know, that, you know, her progeny is going to be the savior of all mankind. And as a result, the AI Skynet has sent back a killer, a Terminator, a robot, a a robot skeleton with a human skin over it to infiltrate and find her and just kill her. And I think some of the, it is a horror movie, that first movie. It's a little bit like the jump from Alien to Aliens when it comes to Terminator 2. Mm -hmm. It is this idea of this Terminator has one single purpose. It doesn't sleep. It doesn't eat. It won't rest. It's unstoppable. Hmm. The only thing you can do is run. Yeah. And that's kind of horrifying. Yeah. It, uh, it, it came, the whole movie came to James Cameron apparently in a fever dream. I was a man with a yeah. metal hand. And originally he wanted Lance Henriksen, who's also in the movie and turns up a lot in James Cameron's movies, as the Terminator. Because the idea of these Terminators is they're supposed to be infiltration units. They're most of the machines Skynet used to kill humans in the future are just like robot skeletons. They're basically just needed to actually just murder humans. But these infiltration units need to go underground and get into the bases and, and so look human. And like Lance Henriksen would slip undecided, you know, unnoticed into a crowd and be able to do that. Arnold Schwarzenegger, on the other hand, not so much. And I think James Cameron, I, I can't remember what I read this in. I think it might have been a making of. He originally didn't want to even meet Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. And he ended up casting him in this. And it became the the role that really made Schwarzenegger's career. He has very little dialogue, which suited him at the time. And is just relentless. He's the face of, you know, cybernetic AI evil in that movie. And the lines that have become jokes now, like, I'll be back. It's a very dark joke in the first movie. You know, he says that in a police station and then goes off, gets a car, and then drives that car through the police station and murders Everyone in there except his target, Sarah Connor. It's very ominous. Yeah. yeah, when he says that. Yeah, it's become like a meme, uh, sort of like a meme nowadays because of how popular it is. Um, you know, it's funny though. I don't remember a lot of the first Terminator. I think I compare the franchise to the X Men franchise mm-hmm. in the sense that the first one came out and then it set the standard and it sort of set up the the future of the franchise uh, that they didn't know was happening at the time. Mm-hmm. And then everyone sleeps on the first X Men and the first Terminator nowadays. <laughs> uh, everyone remembers X. Two and T two, yeah. uh, and then we can keep the comparison going with T three and X three and so on and so forth. But 
a lot of what happens in the first Terminator sort of just goes over my head and I sort of mesh it with the second Terminator yeah. until I watch the movies again and go, wait, where's that scene? Yeah. <laughs> and then I remember that it was in a different movie. There's also, you have to watch out for Terminator 2 has director's cuts so there's extra scenes that yeah, aren't in yeah. the original. So, to keeping with the horror theme, the first movie ends, they don't, they don't change the future. Mm. The first movie ends with Sarah Connor aware of her future. Um, I don't think, I, can we spoil a, a movie from 1984? Sure. I mean, Michael Bean is very cool. Michael Bean was very hot at the time, mm-hmm. like, you know, physically and also as a career actor. And, you know, the point is the soldier that John Connor sends back in time to protect his mother is his father. The twist. That's the a twist, twist. yeah. Mm. So there's a kind of a time loop. It's a classic time loop going on there. But, like, the war is coming. There's nothing she can do about that. Now, jump forward to 1991, and you get Terminator Judgment, Terminator 2 Judgment Day, and it's essentially Cameron following his Alien to Aliens blueprint, mm. which is just bigger, louder, more expensive, and with, you know, even the a big part of the first movie is Brad Fidel's score, which is, for most part, it's just synths and, like, the sounds of a factory. It sounds like just metal swinging, hammers swinging on metal, which is perfect for makes sense. this killing machine. Yeah. They just amp, even that is amped up in the the sequel and in the sequel we have Edward Furlong as the now teenaged John Connor he's kind of separated his mom from his mom because she's been telling everybody that nuclear fire is going to rain down in August of 1997 so people are admittedly think she's a bit mad and, uh, and another Arnold Schwarzenegger Terminator turns up, which again seems to be a slight flaw in Skynet's plan in that mm. not only do the infiltration units look like Arnold Schwarzenegger, they all look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, yeah. So once you've spotted one, you've spotted them all. Mm-hmm. But it's also just a good reason to have Arnold Schwarzenegger goof off because he gets to play the hero this time. He's a reprogrammed T-800 sent back to protect John. Obviously. And we also get, uh, it's not Jason Patrick, it's Robert Patrick. I get those confused sometimes. Robert Patrick comes back as a polymimetic alloy um, Terminator, which is basically liquid metal. They can take the form of anything they want, but nothing with any moving parts like bombs or guns. And it's a great, you know, you don't even, you think of the Terminator as already like a very futuristic technology and it's already out of date in this movie. You have this CG liquid guy who turns his hands into spikes just impaling Mm. Schwarzenegger and beating the hell out of him and it just amps up everything. Having John Connor be a kid now, there's an abs- the action, there's an absolutely fantastic chase on like a dirt bike through the LA uh, flood canals with um, Robert Patrick driving like one of those, is it a Peterbilt truck, the one with the flat yeah. front? One of those big trucks and just tearing Los Angeles apart. Iconic scene. Yeah, iconic scenes. Mm. And the liquid metal thing as well, Cameron took his technology from the abyss, which was that, you know, CG was really good at shiny objects. So having a shiny object, that's like a a liquid man. He's just like, the surface is liquid and it changes shape. And then at the last minute, they pop the actor in and then there you go. It's it's, It's the morphing technology that we take for granted these days. Yeah, it's basically like James Cameron flexing at the time. It's yeah. like, you know, I have this tech and I want to show it off. The same thing that he's done for like every one of his movies, Titanic and Avatar. Um, he gets a new toy and he wants to make like full use of it. I think what he does is he pitches the studios on his new toy. Then they give him the money. Then he builds it. Yeah, 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 <laughs> He's yeah, like, yeah. we can do this. No problem. Yeah, yeah. Just give me 100. At the time, I think Terminator 2 was one of, it was the most expensive movie made at that time. Which is why it stands up. I mean, yeah. it looks it. You can watch yeah. like T2 now and without any modifications, without any George Lucasing, yeah. uh, it still works. It's, it still holds up to this day. And it's the funny can't be, you know, disregarded as well. You know, jo- uh, Edward Furlong teaching Arnold Schwarzenegger's Terminator to smile. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was just looking at GIFs online and there's plenty of him just, that smile is horrifying. It's like it gives <laughs> yeah. you more nightmares than the idea of an AI future, domina- AI dominated future. After that, James Cameron kind of took a back seat, mm-hmm. and everyone just said, "You know what? Every we're gonna we're gonna redo it. We're gonna do it better." 
Mm. Uh, Terminator 3 jumped ahead again. Um, Judgment Day. The ending of Terminator 2 is optimistic. They've, yeah. they've, tried to, they've tried to destroy the basis of, of uh, Skynet so that it never happens. Mm-hmm. And this idea of, like, we don't know what path we're on. And uh, Sarah's motto is no fate but what we make. Mm-hmm. So as this goes up forward, the next movie is basically them trying to stop Skynet because they've just kicked the can down the road, essentially. So instead of happening in 97, it'll happen two years after whatever the movie's going to come out in. Um, that one stars Nick Stahl and Claire Danes, I think, right? Interestingly. Interestingly. Yeah. And like they, they also just kill off Sarah Connor because I think Linda Hamill was like, she had been married to James Cameron at one point and then I think mm-hmm. they broke up so maybe she didn't want to be involved anymore. Oh, she just didn't want to be Sarah Connor for the rest of her life. Maybe True. she wanted to do other things, but which is interesting because... <laughs> we'll get to uh, that know, in the second half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the, that movie, it's kind of meh, like the rest of the sequels, but it does have an even bummer ending where they think they're going to stop Skynet and actually yeah. all that happens is you see the nukes launch. You actually see Judgment Day, which is quite a departure for the series. Mm-hmm. After that, we get Terminator Salvation, which I think is Sam Worthington is in it, and so is Christian Bale. Uh-huh. It's kind of memorable for Christian Bale's performance because, I mean, he is a shouty actor. Mm-hmm. He does some excellent shouting in that movie. He's like on the radio <laughs> screaming at people, like about, take me to base. And, you know, uh, what's the other one? He's like, we are all, we are all dead. We stay the course. We are dead. We are all dead. He's just screaming that at people. I'm like, surprised you remember the dialogue from that movie. I've, I just, we, I, I I've some of, fr- we take a lot of, we take the mick out of him a lot for yeah, that role. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, is this the one where he was shouting at the the lighting guy, like on set? I think that was that this one. Yeah, that's why. Okay, it's, uh, okay. That's why all those shouts just kind of blend into one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't blame him one bit for doing that. I mean, I, I can understand why. It's it's one of uh, it's the movie that made me not trust Mick G anymore. Um, not a bad movie, but I wish they didn't spoil the whole thing in the trailer. Yeah. Like, they, they gave away the plot. They gave away the major plot twist in the trailer, which was a weird choice. And then they did it again for the next movie, which we'll talk about. But Salvation, I don't think it was a bad movie. It was just not a good movie. It was it was yeah. dark. It was too dark for, for a Terminator movie. <laughs> That's saying something. <laughs> We are talking today about the Terminator franchise. Before we talk about a new one, if you have any thoughts, you know, let us know which one is your favorite. You can send it to us on WhatsApp, 018-789-8899. You can also send that to us on social media. We are at Skip Intro MY. More after this, BFM 89.9. Brainy, fancy material. BFM 89.9. Hello, it's Skip Intro with Kelvin Yee, Ian McNally and Arvin Yuvaraj. We're talking today about the Terminator franchise. Let's pick up where we left off. You know, I'm getting the the idea that, uh, because I'm not a fan myself, that the movies aren't necessarily all linked together. They're mm-hmm. not all, you know, up to the latest one. They're not all one linear timeline. No, and Terminator... Um Genesis. <laughs> Genesis. <laughs> I just like, think they, they put a Y in the title for no reason. And that kind of gives you an idea of how they approach the franchise as well. Mm-hmm. Just putting stuff in left, right and center for no reason. That was the 2015 movie, which ignored everything that had gone before and added new wrinkles to the time travel where when Kyle Reese, who was Michael Bean's character from the first movie, yep. comes back to the present day of 1984 to save Sarah Connor, 
she's already a badass and is already saving him mm-hmm. with a old version of an Arnold Schwarzenegger. Basically, they take the same approach to time travel as they do of trying to f- explain why an you know, non-aging robot has gotten older in the form of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. This movie was just weird. They wanted Amelia Clark, who was hot from Game of Thrones. They got Jai Courtney, who's a charisma vacuum, mm-hmm. as uh, Kyle Reese. And it just, they made John Connor a Terminator. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and they just Swiss cheese the whole time travel plot, which doesn't matter anymore because with Terminator Dark Fate, James Cameron's back in the producer's chair. Tim Miller, who directed the Deadpool movie, the first Deadpool movie, is directing. And they've taken everything apart from the first two movies and basically chucked them in the bin. My name is Sarah Connor. August 29, 1997. It was supposed to be Judgment Day. Which is which is something that they can do because it has to do with time travel. Yeah, which and is weird that they didn't do before. Uh, they didn't make full use of their of their biggest tool. Yeah, but I guess they've done it now. Yeah, and as much as uh, this, the, the start of this movie actually starts with Close in Terminator Two of Sarah Connor's interrogation, and mm-hmm. from there. It starts with, if you like that movie, if that's the movie that's impinged on your brain, the opening five minutes of this movie are a gut punch, and I can't tell you why. <laughs> okay. But there is a setup that basically Sarah Connor isn't so much a – Sarah and John Connor are not such a big part of the future anymore. Uh-huh. And so we follow up with Grace, who's played by Mackenzie Davis, who seems to be an enhanced human who comes back in time, and she's followed by Gabriel Luna, who – you might remember him from his Ghost Rider on Agents, Agents of, of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yep. And they're now back, but they're not looking for Sarah Connor. They are looking for Danny Ramos, who's played by Natalia Reyes, a Colombian actress. And we've no idea what the story is. Mm -hmm. We don't get the mission. We don't get the actual come with me if you want to live line at the beginning, which is like good because they usually blow that line straight off the, the bat and go for it. And essentially, this grace human, augmented human, doesn't do a great job of protecting her charge until Linda Hamilton turns up as old Sarah Connor Mm -hmm. and from there the movie it's interesting for a a franchise movie in that it comes up with new things to do there are mysteries in this movie why is the Terminator after Danny who is Grace why is she stronger there's a nice thing that she is stronger but she can't go toe to toe with Terminator her Mm -hmm. whole she's still only human and her body is tuned to you either kill a Terminator in the first five minutes or you, it's over you're not going to you know win a slugging battle with her so the, the, that's a kind of a even though she's stronger there still is that layer of danger mm-hmm. Arnie does turn up um, I don't want to say anything more about that as well because part of the joy of this movie is as someone who has watched all of them except the we forgot the TV shows the Sarah Connor Chronicles I didn't get to watch that but Lena Headey was in that from Game of Thrones mm-hmm. yeah um it's just part of the enjoyment is figuring out what's going on. What is Grace's mission? Um, what's Sarah's life? What's going on with Sarah? Why is she back in this movie franchise? What was the the part they gave her? And they do give Linda Hamilton, as much as it's like setting up this, you could do another three movies on this and not need Linda Hamilton anymore or need Arnold Schwarzenegger. But it's her movie still. You get to see Sarah's like emotions and pain and life and everything like that as well as the other characters I think uh, Natalia Reyes is a little weak as the kind of person they're protecting they always need to be a little weak but when you see what she'll become later it doesn't quite sell it Mackenzie Davis is awesome in this she stars in uh, Halt and Catch Fire she was in uh, Bit Part and Blade Runner 2049 she also played Yorkie in the San Junipero episode of Black Mirror that's uh, yeah okay, okay so in that she's a very kind of you know button down 
yuppie white lady. Mm. In this, she's just magnetic on screen. She's like fighting. The, it's Tim Miller's Deadpool's Tim Miller. So yeah. there's some action I didn't realize till thinking until after. It's like okay, that's a cool scene where she blocked something, but then you realize the Terminator has maximum accuracy. Mm-hmm. Not only did she block something, she blocked it by just an inch to getting away from her target. Mm-hmm. Like the, the the fight scenes are very well done. It may not acknowledge the following films, but it definitely pays homage to them. There's a car chase, which is very much like the crane chase from Terminator 3. There's some helicopter stuff, which is very like Terminator 2. There's liquid metal stuff that looks a little bit like Terminator Genisys, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is, again, weird flex, but I guess okay. But I found it to be tremendously enjoyable. It's just, it's it's funny without mocking in the way that like some of the later movies did with Schwarzenegger doing silly things. Um... Gabriel Luna is great. There's a it's it's become a nice trope. Like Danny is a Mexican living in Mexico, so coming across she has to get across the border to find for plot reasons, and it just so happens that for same as Robert Patrick in Terminator Two, Gabriel Luna just takes on the like faces of authority. He's like a border patrol agent. He's a an airman. I don't think he actually becomes a cop at any point, but he just like has that kind of cocky swagger to him and. He is completely when um Danny's in the room, you can see that laser focus on his face. It's the same way Mackenzie Davis is so laser focused on keeping away. Like the, the physical acting is all they need to do. Mm. But when he does get little funny lines, he does also sell that. And the physicality and the action are pretty fantastic. It's a it's a really good action movie. It's a really good Terminator movie. My biggest question is, did you watch this uh with an open mind or did you watch it wanting it to be not bad? Because if like <laughs> you know the the line of DC movies that we've seen yeah. and then a movie pops up and you go all the other movies in that timeline have been bad. I yeah. just want this to be slightly good. Yeah. And if it passes that benchmark, then it's it's fine by you. Mm-hmm. Um, or did you go in watching this as a fan, like a fan of the Terminator franchise, and you you sort of watched it wanting it to be better than expected? Well, you know, before every, before I go into every movie, mm-hmm. I fast and meditate for three days to cleanse myself of expectations. Sure, sure, <laughs> perfect. No, but I've been doing this a while. I try to go in with like, you know, I really wanted to like Justice League to bring it back to death. death the DC movies yeah, yeah, yeah. but I couldn't bring myself to do it mm. I thought I was going to just be ejected out of the seat in Aquaman when I saw them battening the storm shutters open in the mm-hmm. first five minutes in a storm movie I'm like <laughs> oh god this doesn't bode well but then I like that movie yeah. and this is just I didn't think about that if you think about that stuff when you're watching a movie it means the movie's lost you it hasn't gotten like it hasn't grabbed you mm-hmm. by the short and curlies and dragged you through the plot which mm-hmm. is what we all want in a good movie. You want to actually forget the world outside for an hour and a half to two hours. Watching this, I forgot about the other movies, apart from the very pointed reminder at the beginning where it's like, here's young Sarah Connor. This is part of this timeline. This is part of this timeline. We're this, remember this movie? Because you can forget the other ones. Yeah. Next big question. Uh, should I pay premium prices for this, like an IMAX, or should I do like a discount on a weekday morning <laughs> thing? I did. I didn't see it in IMAX, so I did see it on big screen, yeah. which is you know close enough. But mm. yeah, I think some of the action it's worth it to see Sweet. them do that. And I, the action is it's not too close up because at, at one point, like Grace is superhumanly strong. Uh, the Diego Luna's character. The gimmick this time is that he's basically two t- Terminators for the price of one. You get a liquid guy and a skinny guy, and when they come together, it's like he covers the, the liquid guy covers the metal guy underneath. Mm-hmm. So you get these two guys splitting off and stuff. When she's fighting them, you can see everything. They go close for certain things, but it's never the bad born identity or born style action where it's like the camera's too close. You might be doing the coolest, you know, hand to hand combat in history, but if all I see is elbows, it's pointless. 
I can see every, you can see everything that's going on here. You can see cool moments. You can see people getting hurt. You can see Terminator's faces getting blown open, which is what you always want to see. Yeah, which comes back to Tim Miller's style of doing action. I think like Deadpool, yeah. you could see like everything. It's it does. It's not lost on you the the stuff that's going on on screen. There is some. I, I think its reach might exceed its grasp a little bit near the end. There's uh, some sequences involve, involving airplanes, mm-hmm. which are like it's dark, it's night, it's CGI. It's like. Mm, I was kind of enjoying the ground stuff. We don't really need to do this, but I suppose it's okay. And it still brings it down to earth for the finale. And it's just, it's hugely satisfying. And it does open the door to more sequels, mm-hmm. but in a really good way. Like there's a, there's a Jeep at the, at the end of this movie. And if you've seen the first movie, it, it, the callbacks are to that Jeep and to that feeling. And I think that's a really good thing to do for a movie 35 years after how many how many callbacks like are there is it like full of easter eggs no, no they don't it? do that i mean you get a good version of brad fidel's score um mm. that's one thing that the movies and the soundtracks do sometimes is going bigger is better putting an orchestration behind his music doesn't make it better having a cheap synthesizer and hammers in a warehouse makes it sound better that's the thing that you want in a terminator movie you want to see robots chasing people getting thwarted action adventure excitement so ranking it t1 t2 and then t uh, uh, Dark Fate or is it better than it can't be better than T2 it can't be better than T2 no, no I don't think it is uh, I hate ranking stuff I don't do those kind of lists because <laughs> I'll always get caught it's always proof I'll get caught in mm-hmm. later mm-hmm. but I think it's it, it's deservedly up there with, T, with T1 and T3 I think it's a well-deserved sequel going into the movie what are you hoping to see Arvind? Um, lots of I want to see more story because mm-hmm. I zone out during if it's like too much action then I just zone out so I want to see a, a bit of story which I, I, I completely skip Genesis so I hope that I hope this movie gives me faith in the, the the timeline of the franchise again because I lost it after T3 it was like all over the place mm-hmm. and I'm like oh whatever if this is half good then I'm in so I want to see uh, lots of action I also want to see a good story um, and I want to see Arnold cheesiness I don't want them to <laughs> because I don't want it to be too dark I want Arnold to be Arnold uh, and I want him to, to say some things or act a way that is like 80s cheesiness and, and that's enough for me no, soil, no spoilers you're sorted <laughs> sweet <laughs> if you have any thoughts once you've seen the movie please let us know what you think about it if you want to rank your favourite Terminator movie unlike what Ian doesn't want to do <laughs> you can send it our way too uh, we're at skip intro my on all social media platforms you can also drop us a note on whatsapp 018 789 this is the evening edition BFM 89.9